Mad Unreal, episode 18. This is Arthur, that is Isaac, and we are continuing our really haven't been out of the house that much series of Mad Unreal episodes. Isaac. What's happening, man? How you doing? I'm, you know, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I've been able to get out in the, in the, in the backyard. Um, <laughs> progress. Yeah, progress. Um, doing the uh, supply runs on a regular basis, but not too much uh, beyond that. Um, how about you? I heard Chicago, it's nice weather. Nice yeah, weather, the weather out there. Yeah, You've the been weather's... to the, uh, running out to the beach? Nah, beaches are still closed. Beaches are closed, lakefront closed. Um, so, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's as many people have described, it's going to be a gradual turning up of the dial, not a uh, light switch. And then as that that's dial good. is turning up, we'll see if we need to turn the dial back down. Yeah, um, that's good. Let me ask you a question. Are you a Last Airbender fan? Have you Are you okay. up on the Last Airbender? I'm, I'm not. Okay. And... I want to be. My son's encouraging me to uh, to watch it with him. Um, Dave Filoni worked on Airbender. Mm, yeah. And uh, his work on Airbender is what enticed Lucasfilm to tap him for Clone Wars. Right. Yeah. So he, and he recently told, I know we're going to get into it later, but he recently told that story um, on Disney Plus Gallery. But yeah, my son was, when he was younger, he was on Airbender as well. And he told me about it then. This is, you know, many years ago. And I didn't get on it. I didn't, I, you yeah. know, it's, it's one, of, it's actually one of those kind oh, of. Oh, so you haven't seen it either. I okay. haven't seen it. Yeah. So it's one of those kind of like holes in my unreal resume. You know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. like, I, that's just something. Mm-hmm. Cause everybody who, who's ever, and we're talking about the, um, the animated series, obviously not the movie, which I heard was terrible. Right. But the animated series, everybody I've heard mention it or anything I've ever read about it talks about how, you know, incredible it is. So mm-hmm. it's one of those kind of like, you know, like I said, it's, it's a gap or it's a, it's a flaw in my Unreal resume. So I, I look forward to it. Maybe we'll do, um, since we both haven't seen it, maybe we'll, you know, do a kind of like first experience, first contact with the last, ambient, at last airbender um, on the show. Because um, I think a lot of people, because now it's on Netflix, I think a lot of people are going to discover it. Yeah, I'm good for that. So um, what we get into, you want to um, kick it off? Because uh, we have a, what looks like to be an interesting Mad Unreal or Mad Thoughts, I should say. Uh, Mad Thoughts version of Mad Unreal. So you want to kick it off? Yeah, let's get to it. This is Mad Unreal episode 18. Let's go. <laughs> We are back and we are faced with the arrival of HBO Max, yet another paid subscription service. Um, A recent announcement that director Zack Snyder's version, his director's cut of Justice League, uh, will debut on the service. Actually, debut isn't the right word, especially for like a recut. But it's going to hit you know the service in 2021. I, it's I actually a lot of... think in this in this instance, debut is the right term. I think you're right. I think so? Yeah. Because okay. this, this, let's be clear, this is not a, this is like a whole new movie almost. You know what I'm saying? This is completely different. Not, I guess I shouldn't say the word completely. This is almost completely different than mm-hmm. what we saw in theaters. Did you see Justice League in the theater? I did not. <laughs> you were smart. I, I didn't either. Um did you see it? Have you? Or I should say, have you seen it? No. 
Oh wow! Okay, okay, yeah, I've seen. I it. I, I I watched begrudgingly because I didn't. You know, I, the trailers. Well, let's you know, let's back up a little bit. Let's back up. Let's back up. Mm-hmm. For those, I mean, I'm sure everybody's listening knows the full history, but just a quick, brief history of Justice League. Zack Snyder started shooting the film. I believe it was in 2016. I think. Yeah. Um, shortly the after the film came out, 2017, right? Wasn't it 2017? Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. right. Yeah, it was Jack fall. Was... It was um, it was fall of 2017, November 2017. So he started shooting in 2016. I think. Wow, I think he even started shooting before um, Batman v Superman came had hit the theaters. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so Zack Snyder does you know start shooting, has finishes his first cut of the film, which was four hours, um, as you know it needed work so to speak. Mm-hmm. So he cut it down to two and a half hours and showed it to, you know, Warner brothers execs. And they were like, yeah, we still need, you know, still needs work. It wasn't ready for yeah. the theaters. Obviously this is early 2017. And then tragedy struck uh, Snyder and his wife, their daughter um, died by suicide. So he stepped yeah. away from the project, you know, for obvious mm-hmm. reasons about a month after his, the death of his daughter mm-hmm. and Joss Whedon enters the picture Joss Whedon, you know, Warner Brothers, I think I think a couple things are going on. You tell me how you think if you think the same thing. I think Warner Brothers at this point was looking at, obviously, the success of the Marvel films, the the MCU. And rather than continue down this path that uh, Zack Snyder was going with the tonality of those films, they wanted, you know, the Avengers starring the Justice League. And so they went and got the cat who wrote and direct the Avengers Joss Whedon and had him take over the Justice League after Zack mm-hmm. Snyder had to step away. And basically they reshot a lot of that movie. Um, Zack Snyder is still credited as director of that movie, but he really didn't direct that movie. Uh, mm-hmm. He hasn't even mm-hmm. seen the film. Zack Snyder has not even watched that movie. For obviously, I don't even blame him for that because it's associated with a terrible time in his life. But he hasn't seen the film, but he said from what he's heard from people who have told him about it, there's like one fourth of it is his and then the rest is, you know, not his. So mm-hmm. I say all that to say that, you know, you are probably correct when you say debut. I think that's exactly what this is. Um, I heard that it could be done as uh, a one continuous film somewhere around that four hour original mark or even broken up into parts. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the on the face of it, I think the parts are actually more interesting. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because um, not everybody's built to sit through four hours of film. Mm-hmm. Um, Civil War was long as hell. Mm-hmm. Did you watch yes. um, the uh, Scorsese? Uh, not Civil War. I'm sorry. Um, Endgame. Endgame. Yeah, but did Endgame you watch the uh, what was the Scorsese movie that just that dropped on uh, at the end of the last year on uh, with Irishman? Sport? Irishman. Did you see that? Yeah, I did. How long was that? That was three hours, right? Three and a half About hours. About that. Yeah. And yeah. did you did you do it in one sitting? Uh, I did. I did do it in one sitting. Mm, okay. But you but feel the like four, frame, hour, yeah, four hours is... Yeah, and I don't know. I mean, you know, for me, if if I'm sitting... If I know that I'm going to watch a Scorsese film or a Francis Ford Coppola film or, damn, a James Cameron film, I know I'm in it for the long haul. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Endgame is kind of an outlier for that because it's compelling enough and the way they managed the storylines and tied everything off was was done so well that it kept you engaged. It's mm-hmm. not a lot of drag in Endgame. And um, DC, outside of The Dark Knight and Nolan's 
Dark Knight trilogy, um, it's this, the films aren't that compelling to me. Those characters aren't that compelling to me. Compa- uh, when I when I think about superheroes and what Marvel has yeah, been able plus, to bring to the screen, so yeah, I'm with, not. You know what I'm saying? You tell me it's a four hour DC film with Wonder Woman, Aquaman, and Cyborg. Right, and so and you're dealing with you know with Nolan, you're dealing with the what preceded this current era of DC film. So let me ask mm-hmm. you this though. So we're getting because you know just to finish that brief history after. Whedon takes over the film. They release it in November 2017. It doesn't do well at all. I think it, it grows 600 million worldwide, or close to 700 million worldwide. And this is a you know this is a the first live action Justice League movie. So, mm-hmm. had I told you 10 years ago that you know what would you think the first live action Justice League movie would gross? And keep in mind, 10 years ago we were firmly entrenched in the Nolan era of Batman. Right. You right. probably would have said, oh, that's going to be a two billion dollar film. You know what I'm saying? That's that's going to break all mm-hmm. records. It's going to mm-hmm. do basically what Endgame did mm-hmm. and probably more. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, they were very disappointed in the $600 million or $700 million haul that the movie took. So it, it, it failed massively. But shortly thereafter, you know, fans start tweeting, release the Snyder Cut, you know, and keep in yeah. mind, technically, the Snyder Cut doesn't exist. It's an unfinished film, no visual effects. Um, mm-hmm. No post production, you know. It's just it's just fragments on a hard drive somewhere. So they, you know, fans are tweeting, "Release the Snyder Cut." This goes on for the last couple of years. You know, there's different promotions, blah blah blah. Zack Snyder kind of gets involved with it, you know, hinting that there may be a cut of his movie out there. And so finally, last week, you know, they announced um, they did a Man of Steel of uh, uh, watch along on. Um, I don't know what platform it was on, but, you know, Snyder was involved after the after the film is when he announced, yeah, you know, HBO Max is going to release this thing in 2021. You know, the Snyder cut actually exists. So going back, let me ask you, just looking at Zach, because I want to kind of get an idea of, you know, because there's been so much hype around actually getting this thing released. Mm-hmm. I wanted to talk to you about when it is actually released. Like, what are, what can we expect? So just going back to Man of Steel. Um, mm-hmm. I think we saw, I think that was one of the films, um, we the saw whole that crew, together, I yeah, thought. the whole crew yeah. went to go see Man of Steel. And I don't know how many times you've seen it since, or if you, even if you have seen it since, but from your memories of that film, what do, what was, did you enjoy? Cause we, you know, we justice league, you know, we, we've already panned that, you know, okay, cool. Not good. How did you feel right. about Man of Steel? Uh, you know, I, I liked Man of Steel. I mean, I, I just, I liked it. It was it was it was fine it was i didn't want my life back um <laughs> the right best after, parts yeah. of it are krypton mm-hmm. the first like and, 15 uh, 20 minutes yeah. yeah and russell crowe is Jor-El. i mean i was like you could have made that half the movie mm-hmm. um but um i i think i think um cavill's superman is my favorite after reeves mm-hmm and um i like the reimagining of well reimagining that's a bit that's a bit overused but you know i just like i just like superman's presentation as okay you you know he, you're going to be a god to these people mm, right know? the concept um cuz the yeah, concept of man con- of steel was essentially first contact you know it was like yeah and you kind of got that a little bit in superman returns where he's sort of like this christ like figure you know who's burdened by the prayers of 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 the globe you mm-hmm. know um but I think Snyder pulled that concept off better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know you specifically asked me about Superman, but you know, Wonder Woman was very good, you know, as well. 
Well, I'm, um, I'm sticking to films as Snyder. So Man of Steel, how did you feel about Batman v Superman? Okay. Uh, didn't really care for it. Okay. None of there was nothing that you found redeeming about it or just as a whole you pretty just did hit you. Um cuz that was that was Snyder's Batman, you know, so that's a different take yeah. than what we got with the Nolan Batman. And I think I think that was the problem. Nolan was so good. Mm-hmm. Um it was it was like too soon. Mm-hmm. So, but the tone of those cuz what I'm getting at is that Right now, if you look at the state of what DC is doing with their films, so finally, mm-hmm. after all these kind of like um, stumbling, stumbling blocks and pitfalls that they had, they finally kind of found their rhythm. So we have, you know, Wonder Woman did did well. Yeah. Aquaman did even better. Joker killed it. You know, mm-hmm. so they've got and now they're moving into Wonder Woman 84 this summer or whenever it comes out. The next yeah. Aquaman um, there's rumors that there's going to be a Joker. So another Joker's uh, uh, movie, a Joker sequel. So they've kind of found their 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 rhythm or their footing in doing these kind of standalone films that aren't connected into this huge universe. Mm-hmm. And, and essentially, they're not aping uh, Marvel anymore. You know, they're not mimicking what the MCU has done. They're kind of off and doing their own thing. My question to you is that if this Snyder cut, you know, drops next year, excuse me, when it drops next year on HBO Max, let's just say that it's the best of, you know, Snyder's work. Let's just say it's this the best of everything you liked about Man of Steel. Um, the few things that I liked about Batman v Superman, because I had a lot of issues with that film as well. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 my opinion of Man of Steel is essentially yours. I thought it was I thought it was very interesting. I thought the first half of it was really good. I thought it kind of devolved. Um, it's a pure spectacle by the end where everything was just blowing up and like the last 40 minutes just left me exhausted. Mm-hmm. Um, but it sent, there, there were things that were interesting in Man of Steel. There were things that were interesting in Bat- Batman v Superman. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. let's just hypothetically, let's say that 2021 comes and HBO Max, you know, um, the Snyder Cut hits HBO Max. And it's this, you know, phenomenal, you know, not godfather-esque film but i'm saying you know it's, it's a it's a very very good movie yeah how does that impact what the dc dc universe is doing now what dc films is doing now does that make them say hmm maybe we should get back on that track of you know mm-hmm. a unit more universe building because if we do it correctly we see how people react we see how successful that can be or does dc stay on the path they're on now and essentially, you know, keep them, keep these standalones going. Because you got to remember, uh, Snyder cut, I mean, Snyder um, cast Gal Gadot. He cast yeah. Jason Momoa, you know. So yeah. now two of his, the people that he brought into this fold, those are the two big, you know, those are two of the three biggest success stories for DC right now. So, the, you know, Snyder comes, cut comes out and it's great. Does DC say, you know what? Let's start connecting these things. Let's start connecting Wonder Woman back to Aquaman. And then, you know, let's throw something in Batman. Um, the Batman, Matt Reeves is the Batman that's coming out. Let's throw something in there so we can start building towards this, you know, this greater shared universe again. What do you, what do you think will happen? Um, if it does do well, I think they would take another look at the universe, universe building, um, particularly uh, since they're not since, I mean, the, you know, the MCU has cast a long, long, long shadow, but, mm-hmm. but, you know the 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 Avengers are done, right? So there's a lot of franchise that isn't going to be as 
potent as it has been as they start to as Marvel starts to move to um, shorter form shows on Disney Plus and um, um, the you know the later temple movies uh the sequel to captain marvel uh, the the next spider-man movie so mm-hmm. it's the next black panther um so it's not that dc won't have any real competition or any real familiarity um um that they're going to have to contend with any marvel familiarity with audiences that they're going to have to contend with but if snyder does if this uh, new justice league does well then i do think that they that they definitely have legs Mm-hmm. on um on you know on pursuing that strategy mm-hmm. or it could work as a as a nice cap off you know it could it could work as okay we finally did that right mm-hmm. but we're not going to try to return to that we're going to stay on this path of these standalone non-connected films um it'll be interesting because you know listen uh, you know I, I mentioned that bat you know the matt reeves batman the potential for them saying let's throw something in there but they can't because unless you know it depends upon how production goes because this Zack Snyder cut is going to hit you know HBO Max in 2021 Mm -hmm. presumably (laughs) the Batman will be finished you know filming by then presumably but we don't know you know we don't know they may still they may not get to start filming until then for all we know Um, so that'll be interesting but I think for me I'm you know because listen, they're they're what they're doing, you know. Just to make this clear, this movie has, like we said at the beginning, this movie has no post production. Um, very, you know, very few. There's some old special effects in there that need to be finished, but then there's a lot of new um, special effects that need to be added. Uh, a score needs to be added. Mm-hmm. Um, they made. They, there's mention that that you know, Affleck and uh, Gal Gadot and. Um, Ray Fisher and the rest of them may need to re-record some dialogue. You know, they may not act per se. They may not, you know, get in, you know, so, show up on any sets, but they may need to re-record some dialogue or record new dialogue. Um, yeah. So this is a new film, and I, I'm thinking, and they're, you know, they're pouring close to probably anywhere between thirty to forty million dollars into this. Um, so this is, you know, this is quite a, and kind of an unprecedented thing to see this happen. So that part of it. Um, is exciting. And I do expect that if theater, if theaters are in a position, you know, next summer or whenever this is going to drop to actually mm-hmm. be doing business, um, I do, I do envision that this is going to hit theaters for a limited run, you know, maybe, uh, mm-hmm. New York, LA, Chicago, San Francisco, or something like that for, um, you know, a week, maybe two weeks, um, before it hits, uh, uh HBO max. So all of this is kind of exciting. And I think that, what you know for me the the actual event is exciting but then to see the impact of how what is this going to do for what dc is doing with their films this is going to have any influence um is is snyder going to come back into the to the fold after this Mm because also remember he was given the keys to the dc universe prior to all you know all this the things that happened he was the man um he was you know guiding it in the same way that kevin feige guys the mcu only the only difference is snyder was actually shooting the films Um, so it had his DNA all over him. You know, a couple of things. Um, they're not they're not directly related, but just kind kind of came to mind. Kind of a, first a what if scenario. You mm-hmm. know, what if what if tragedy didn't strike Snyder's family? He finished the film. It mm-hmm. did well. It did what DC hoped that it would do. Mm-hmm. Fair game that we would not have gotten the Joker, and that we would have not have gotten this Batman reboot. Right. 
That's that's right? a good that's an excellent point. Yeah. Second side of it is, and you see why it's not directly related. Second side of it is Justice League featured Ben Affleck as Batman, Bruce Wayne Batman. If this recut comes out, presumably Affleck is still in it. Mm. Oh yeah, absolutely. What does that do, if anything, to two two Batmans coming out in the same year? Mm, yeah. And what does that do moving forward? Mm, if does, there's a Justice League Affleck two, is Pattinson in it? There right. you go. Does that does Batfleck? Yeah, I don't know. I mean that that yeah. I mean that's why I say this is very interesting because there is some risk involved on Warner Brothers side because, like you just mm-hmm. said, this is essentially this hasn't happened really since you remember um back in the 80s when or was that the 70s i can't remember um never say never again comes out which is starring sean oh, connery right. as bond yeah. and then you have yeah. what was the octopussy i think dropped that same yeah. year uh-huh it was um, like 81 82 right with roger moore's bond so and mm-hmm. right and from you know from what i've from what i've read it was octopussy that kind of won that battle of the bonds but uh-huh. yeah this is a studio this isn't two competing studios this is one studio releasing two batmans in one year albeit on different platforms um essentially so yeah i mean that's that's a good point if 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 this is the first time if we get the the batman that we really want um you know from ben affleck's batman because there were shades of kind of what we wanted in my opinion in Batman v Superman. Mm-hmm. But if we get the really great Batman that we really want in this new version of Justice League, it has a, it does kind of have the potential of overshadowing uh, Robert Pattinson's Batman. So that may be interesting as well. I do, I do look forward to more character development. They, you know, they mentioned this in the um, Hollywood Reporter article um, that broke the story. I don't know if they broke it, but they reported the story that I read um, that, you know, Snyder and his, his, his wife, his producing partner, Deborah Snyder, very um, interested or excited about the opportunity to really expound upon these characters because, you know, we're looking yeah. at a four hour run. Um, right. So obviously you get more time for character development. Um, Dark side is supposed to show up, you know, Dark side, you know, the big the Thanos of this universe, basically, mm. um, is supposed to show up. So I'm looking forward to that. And as far as your comment earlier about, you know, hey, let's do this as six episodes, six chapters, essentially. I'm because, you know, he, you know, uh, Snyder also mentioned the idea of doing, um, you know, cliffhangers and, you know, doing the mm-hmm. chapters things. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm i excited about that. But if it, if it was shot as a film, I kind of want to see it as a mm-hmm. film. You yeah, know okay. what I'm saying? If this was your, a movie, then show me the mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I, don't, I don't know if I want to see it episodically. So we'll keep an eye on that. And um, that's another reason if any of you guys are thinking HBO Max launches at the end of this month, end of May, um, I think May 27th. Exactly. And if you, I was already thinking about grabbing it because Tokyo Vice, Michael Mann's new series, uh, I don't know when that's coming because um, they had to halt production on it. Um, but that's, you know, Michael Mann, Ken Watanabe. So that's I'm all up in that. Um, mm-hmm. But this is another reason maybe that HBO Max is really going to start driving people to check out their service. Although I think it's I think it's expensive. man. I think it was like, you know, they were asking like, you know, 12, 13, 14 dollars a month or something like that. Whereas, you know, Disney plus launch with what like five dollars a month so yeah um yeah these streaming services it's time to start making some decisions about which one to keep and which ones to drop all right so moving on what's next uh well we go from one movie that we're you know pretty intrigued to see how it turns out to another movie that we're definitely trying to see which is christopher nolan's tenant starring 
John David Washington. Mm. Now, second trailer released uh, a few days ago, and <laughs> as prominent as the characters and what was revealed about the storyline mm-hmm. were the words coming to theaters. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, yeah, it said it ended with big, like, coming to theaters motherfucker you know what i'm saying yeah like, yeah 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 that well was added a- that word too right yeah because it was just like no we're not going to hbo max it's not you know you, yeah we, this is coming it, to theaters and so are you you know what right. i'm saying it was like that's how it felt but, right but arthur, pandemic be damned but arthur you also notice what usually when, when when a movie does that it says coming to theaters and what usually follows a date a date yeah no date no day. No day. They just said coming to theaters. That's all we gonna tell you. So what does that tell you? That tells me that Nolan and to an extent, I guess he because it feels like Nolan is like strong arm and Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers at this point, but Nolan to some and Warner Brothers to some degree are determined that this movie will be shown in theaters. Mm-hmm. They don't know when though, <laughs> or at least they're gonna hedge their bets. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, it's scheduled for July seventeen. Schedule. So, schedule. Keyword key schedule. I, I really expect that to happen to move. I, I I really expect I think what's happening now is that they are meeting on a daily basis. You know, mm-hmm. there's some parts members of their team or the whole team is meeting on a daily basis or at least, you know, several times a week, assessing the situation, you know, because they have okay, this percentage of theaters need to be open for us to drop this movie on this date, you know. Mm-hmm. And are we inching towards that? Does what are the what are the um, the uh, the predictions right now? What are the charts and the graphs telling us? Um, and they're they're making the decision based on that. Based on the last article I read, it kind of looks like they probably are going to push this um, based on that percentage. You know that they would need yeah. for of theaters to be open. And I don't know the first rumor I saw or the first you know possibility was oh they'll push it to August and then they'll move Wonder Woman to November. And I'm like, if you push this movie, I really feel like you should just go ahead and push this shit to, to the to push push Tenet to November. You know what I'm saying? And let that be spy month. We'll get Tenet and we'll get no time to die mm-hmm. and leave Wonder Woman in August. Um, I just don't feel like two months is enough time. And if somebody's got to take a hit, I'm sorry, Gal Gadot, but I'd rather you take a hit than my man, John David Washington. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is John David Washington. This is his first, you know, he did Black uh, Klansman, but this is, this is a 200... 25 yeah. million dollar movie yeah. um, that a black man is the lead on you know That's and right. other than his father you know what I'm saying how many how many times have you seen that um, so I want him to I, I really want to see him I really want to see a, a good opening weekend for him um, and just side note when he when you saw the trailer and the first because some of the first words you hear is John David Washington saying uh, to understand you know what I do if you close your eyes that's Denzel. You know what I'm saying? It's like his voice. <laughs> like he sounds just like him. The cadence, the way that they talk. Is it was it was it sounded like somebody imitating Denzel. It's hilarious. But okay, so let me ask you this. Do you understand the film better now after watching that or after watching that trailer? Do you know what's going on? No. And yes, I'm setting you up because I'm about to like actually read, you are so setting read me up. the plot. So you are setting me up. I'm setting you up. So but do you just personally do you understand a little bit more about what's going on? I mean, a little bit more, but like s- several of Nolan's films, I mean, including Inception and, um, I mean, hell, Memento. 
mm-hmm. you, you 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 really have to take the preview with a grain of salt. Right. Excellent point. Take and it the funny thing about it is it's not like he necessarily has to use misdirection because it's like there's misdirection all up in the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I Which think that makes him really intriguing for me, a re- intriguing director to me. Yeah, take it for a grain of salt. And also, I just think it's very difficult to sum up his films. If you had to sum up Inception, you know, in, you know, a paragraph, that's a very, you know, like you're introducing new concepts, you know, mm-hmm. stealing dreams, burying, you know, ideas in the subconscious. That's a lot to put into a marketing pitch because that's essentially what a subplot or a film summary is. It's a marketing pitch. Yeah. Um, to get people excited so yeah you know dream espionage you know what 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 the fuck is that you know and it's like you you watch the movie you're like oh i get it but then yeah with like you said with a lot of his films you need to watch the movie first before somebody because somebody trying to explain it to you doesn't really work so no let's read the um let really quickly let's read the official plot synopsis released by warner brothers <clears throat> excuse me to describe tenet um, John David Washington is the new protagonist, capital P on protagonist, by the way, side note. John David Washington is the new protagonist in Christopher Nolan's original sci-fi action spectacle, Tenet. Armed with only one word, Tenet, and fighting for the survival of the entire world, the protagonist journeys through a twilight world of international espionage on a mission that will unfold in something beyond real time. Not time travel, inversion. So I had to go look up inversion. I'm sure <laughs> I didn't assume. Let's you know what? Let's um, let's look that, that up. Let's let's get into that. Let's get into that. What did you what did you find? Let me look at my um my the dictionary on the Mac. Um inversion, the official definition, the action of inverting something or the state of being inverted. And then let's look up inverting. Because I feel like this, these are words that are fairly common, not everyday use, but I mean, pretty much everybody knows what inversion means, except that right. when it's in a film synopsis and then you like, what does it really mean? Um, so inverted, the official definition of inverted, put upside down or in the opposite position, order mm-hmm. or arrangement, mm-hmm. alter by changing the relative, relative position in the notes. That's music. Um, okay, so knowing the terms and then reading this, the, uh, the plot synopsis, are you less confused, more confused? When John David Washington is in the shooting, what appears to be a shooting range, shooting gallery, um, right. he's with a, scientist, a woman who appears to be a scientist, but she's clearly, you know, running ops. He, he effectively shoots the gun. Mm-hmm. And you see the target and you see there's a bullet hole in the target that then comes out of the target, or at least the target repairs itself. Mm-hmm. And then they cut back to the woman where she's saying to him, you're not shooting bullets, you're actually catching them. Right. And Washington is like, wow. Right. And you see the same kind of effect in different parts of the trailer where things are reversing themselves. Mm. But, but, it, but it's basically like there's t- time is linearly, it's moving forward. But within the construct of that, you see elements that are being recalled, that are being reversed. Mm. Hmm. Um, most obvious is the car chase scene mm-hmm. where, there, where, where there are three cars, two black 
in lanes one and three, and then there's a silver car like in the middle. And the silver car is flipping as if it's crashing, about to crash. But then it changes course and basically reverses itself back to repair, back on the road, driving. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it, it, it... on if you weren't if you didn't have the sound up you would kind of think you're looking at similar similar sequences like the fight sequence in inception right where the object is moving around the actors and the actors are adjusting themselves to the change of position right because gravity is shifted yeah but here there are very specific elements some parts of the whole that are reacting to these physics mm-hmm. but at the end of the day yeah i don't know anything further mm-hmm. from this trailer you know even wa- after watching it a few times that i fundamentally got from the teaser mm-hmm. so let's look at let's go back to the to the plot synopsis so first of all again the fact that he's being called protagonist and I didn't look but I don't think that any of the characters have been given the names of the characters haven't been released so I'm not sure if this you know press release from Warner Brothers is calling him protagonist you know like that's his code name or I'm not sure what that's about Mm -hmm. but yes Mm -hmm. he's being called protagonist and so it says you know um, original sci-fi action spectacle so that's basically the, the Nolan brand outside of like Dunkirk and Memento um, if you look at Dark Knight and Inception, that's kind of where his, you know, that's where he's made his biggest mark, I would say, and maybe even Interstellar. Um, mm-hmm. So, and then, you know, he's fighting for the survival of the entire world. Okay, so that's some James Bond, you know, level type stuff. And we know that Nolan is a, is a Bond fan. Um, we saw that in Inception with the with the ski chase. Well, with the whole thing, you know, it was dream espionage, like I said, with Inception. So, mm-hmm. you know, Nolan has that 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 kind of flair. He he likes to play in that 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 um, sandbox a little bit. Um, then, okay, so protagonist journeys through a twilight world of international espionage. A twilight world, Arthur. That we could take that literally, or we could take that, you know, metaphorically in the sense of that's just a beautiful thing to say a twilight world you know what are we Mm -hmm. are we we talking about visually like it just looks constantly like the sun is going down i don't know or we could take that in the sense of twilight meaning getting close to the end so are they saying that um he's fighting for the or he journeys through a twilight world meaning this is a world on edge um things Mm -hmm. are you know collapsing this is you know they mentioned in the trailer uh trying to prevent world war three um, mm-hmm. So is that the is there a sense of dread, you know, throughout this mm-hmm. entire film? Mm-hmm. Um, international espionage, again, the you know, the bond thing um, on a mission that will unfold in something beyond real time, not time travel inversion. So there is a there is a film or a television series <laughs> holding, holding your head. Yeah, I just, I just had, to, I had, to, I had to, you know, wrap my mind around all this. This is what so I'm talking about. You just reading words, man, and you holding your head. You're right. like, what the hell? Right. right. This it is. It's, it's a as uh, Duran Duran said back in it's a UMF. You know, so and you can figure out what that means on your own. But if you there's a there's a television series or a, maybe it was a comic book or a movie. I can't remember, but I do. I can't like get. I can't really grasp it, but I remember something that dealt with time, meaning they can rewind the last, you know, 30 seconds or two minutes or something Mm -hmm. like that. And there probably Mm -hmm. is more than one, you know, this is not, I don't think this is a new thing. 
But from what that synopsis tells me and from what we saw in the trailer, this is the second trailer. So what we saw in the first two trailers, I don't think we're specifically dealing with a rewind situation. You know what I'm saying? I don't think it's that obvious. I don't think it's like, okay, we, what we're seeing here is something that hasn't happened yet. Or what we're seeing here is something that happened and we're going to rewind it so we can fix it. You know, so we're going to, you know, go back 30 seconds and everything is going to go in reverse. So the car flips, but then 10, we're going to rewind the last 30 seconds. So you're going to see it unflip. I don't think it's that obvious when they say something like time inversion um, and beyond time, beyond real time. That's like it's, it's there's another hidden element here that's typical Nolan, where it's like almost like a. um a Easter egg, not an Easter egg, almost like a big reveal that we, you know, we're going to find out in this film. And it's gonna be like, oh, that's what this is, you know, like the light bulb moment. And then it's going to be, you know, people trying to no spoilers. Don't tell anybody, you know, you have to go see the film. But that's what I feel like this is, because to your point, watching the trailer, there are those things where you kind of see just like a reverse, you know, like a, almost like a very straight reverse. Right. But based on the synopsis and some of the right. other dialogue in the film, it just doesn't seem that simple to me. It's something else, you know, something else yeah. dealing with time, some type of time manipulation. You know, that's what I'm trying to say. Some type of manipulation of time. Yeah. A couple of things to that. Um, one thing about the characters, you, you're introduced to Robert Pattinson's character who first you're introduced to two characters, Robert Kenneth Pattinson's Brian. character. Yeah. And Kenneth Branagh, who who seems to be the antagonist, mm-hmm. and doing the damn good identified job of that, in that Yes, he is. Yes, he is. <laughs> right. Um, and you don't really know if Pattinson is. It's almost it's 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 kind of like an enemy of my enemy is my friend scenario mm-hmm. because you see Pattinson's character, you know, working with seemingly working with Washington's character mm-hmm. um, against Branagh's character. So speaking to um, things not being that simple, I think you're right um, with the introduction of uh, Pattinson's character specifically. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing is, you know, time, you, and it's it's well documented on this show. I've got real issues with multiverses and time travel and everything, but I really do think that Nolan um, does it right. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, he, he certainly honed that craft through several films. Mm-hmm. Um, Memento, Interstellar, um, you know, Memento dealing with uh, a, a man suffering from amnesia, you know, mm-hmm. and the story sort of telling itself backwards mm-hmm. um, while the viewer is watching it unfold seemingly linearly. Yeah. And then you've got Interstellar where we're dealing with space travel and um, uh, the crew could go down for 10 minutes to a planet to check in, check on an installation. And by the time they get back to, uh, you know, the main spacecraft, it's been like 20 years. Or something like <laughs> right. That. Right. You know, um, one of the cool elements stuff. I was, I was actually disappointed in a lot of interstellar, but that was, I thought that element of it, I thought was really interesting. Yeah. Cause it created this tension mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. naturally like, you know, we don't have a lot of time <laughs> mm-hmm. because a minute here is, is five years, you know, mm-hmm back where we need to be um same kind of thing with um with um uh with inception where time is 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 the enemy and if you balance if you don't balance it right you know it could really be a problem for you because 
five minutes in the real world is an hour in the dream world. An hour in the dream world, at least the first layer of it, you know, is a week in the second layer. So let's go get some more time by jumping. You know what I mean? So there's right, this. Yeah, the last last half of that film essentially dealt with them going deeper and deeper and in deeper layers in order to buy more time into because, you know, even when what's the name Sada was dying. You know, it was like, okay, we need to yeah. go down another. He'll he'll live a little bit longer. We keep going down further and further. Right. Yeah. So right. time was a very important part of that movie. Yeah. Right. So point. I think I think I think with Tenet, time is going to be another, you know, ghost character mm-hmm. that's going to drive the um, drive the um, urgency of these of these characters. And you know, we get a hint that what. Washington is doing is help working to prevent World War Three. Right. Yeah. I, I think in this instance, I think time because dreams were the dreams were the central part of Inception. Mm-hmm. And then time was the kind of the subplot, not the subplot, but the kind of was um, the second string almost. or the, 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 the second player behind dreams. Yeah. And this film, it feels like time is going to step up into that central role and the way I, you know, the way I guess that Nolan comes up with these concepts of these films is that he essentially, the idea of the central player comes to his mind first, you know, so this, whatever type of time manipulation we're talking about in Tenet, that yeah. idea probably came to him first. And then he builds the story around that. So mm. if, in other words, it wasn't as if, and I'm guessing, obviously, I don't know what goes on in the man's head, but I'm just guessing it wasn't as if the character of John David Washington or Kenneth Branagh or uh, John or uh, Robert Pattinson or Elizabeth Debicki. It wasn't as if any of those characters came to his mind. And then he said, well, what can I do? You know, I can have, mm-hmm. I got all these characters and let me come up mm-hmm. with some construct, you know, I think it was probably the idea of this time manipulation that came to him. And then he built the story around that. Mm-hmm. And to mm-hmm. me, that's the best way for him to do it. You know, I imagine that with inception, the whole dive, the whole idea of stealing, you know, dreams, um, and planning things in the subconscious that became them first. And then he built the story around that. And I think as a result, we got a great, you know, an excellent film. So I think that we, from what every, everything I've seen of Tenet is telling me that same thing, that this central idea involving time is going to be kind of the main character. Um, and then we get, you know, the leads, you know, we get John David Washington and everyone else around there, you know, around that, that main character, um, and that fleshes out our narrative. So I'm actually really looking forward to this. And, you know, it kind of it kind of watching this trailer, man, it really um, I mean, we've had a lot of things over the last couple months to kind of remind us of how much we've lost, um, not just in the, the, the people that have died. And by the way, you know, this marks, I think today um, we've either neared or passed, you know, 100 K people have passed away in this country mm-hmm. alone. Um, and those numbers are probably undercounted. So outside of just that tragedy, just the things that we've lost touch from, you know, just not being able to do what we quote unquote normally do. And watching this trailer really brought to my mind that damn, you know, how, just how the experience of going to the movies and especially when you talk about summer or, you know, holiday film, you know, in the, in Mm -hmm. the, in December, Mm -hmm. because it had this, you know, had we, had we not encountered this pandemic, I would be so hyped right now about going to <laughs> see this movie in July, you know, because yeah. this movie is 
it just looks like the kind of thing you have to see, you know, not just on yeah, big you screen. Have to you got to go. On the... You got to go to IMAX to see this joint. Yeah, yeah. Um, if it's great, which it kind of looks like it's going to be great, it could do the same thing with. I thought I saw Inception three times at the theater. You know, and that was that wasn't a lot. You know, I know people who saw more than that in the theater, mm. um, but it was just the experience. You know, of going back and seeing it and actually understanding more of it. You know, the more times you saw it or seeing things that you didn't see. Tenant really feels like it's going to be that type of film. And I look forward to that experience. And it did kind of, um, for lack of a better term, bum me out, you know, that um, mm-hmm. in July, we probably are not going to get to do this. And even if, you know, it, it, it even if it drops in July, it's not going to feel the same because it's like, you know, either you're not going to go or you're going to be cautious as hell. You know, it's like it's not going to be yeah. the, the freedom that you've enjoyed before. Um, so, yeah, that that was that was kind of a down note. But on the on the plus side, I did, you know, watching this trailer, it's like, wow, regardless of where you see it, when you see it, whatever, this looks like it's going to be a really, really good film. So to close out on um, a high note, not that Tenet isn't a high note, Tenet is a high note, um, but to close out on another high note, um, something is coming this fall that unless, you know, I don't know, unless it's another tragedy, another kind of tragedy hits, this thing is already in the can, it's done. Um, cause they're, you know, they, they shot it indoors. And if you watch in Disney plus gallery, mm-hmm. you see how much they got to, how, how they can do this indoors. And, you know, they don't really need to go in location anywhere, but, um, this thing is coming in fall of 2020 Mandalorian season two. Looking forward to it. And very much a little okay. worried though. And we're yeah, about to get to that. That's, that's what I wanted to ask you about. This is what I want to put in front of you. So. We got and actually hold on, let me pull it up because um, I took a screenshot just looking at all the people involved right now. So right now, and a couple of these are rumored, a couple are confirmed, but right now it looks like coming to Mandalorian season two, um, Rosario Dawson, rumored yep. to be playing Ahsoka Tano, um, Tamara, is that how you say this brother's name? Tamara, T E M U E R E R A, Tamara Morrison, mm-hmm. um, as Boba Fett. Um, so he he was uh, Django Fett in the prequels, um, but coming uh, supposedly mm-hmm. playing Boba Fett. It might be Tamura, but still. Okay, um, it's a dope, it's a beautiful name. Um, yeah. Katie Sackoff, um, who voices Bo Katan on the Clone Wars, um, uh, playing mm. will be playing the live action role or taking over the live action role of Bo Katan uh, in Mandalorian season two. Uh, Michael Beam, my man from um, uh, as a bounty hunter, aliens. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. And uh, Terminator. Uh, Terminator. Um, Kyle Reese. Kyle Reese. Um, so, and then um, Timothy Oliphant, at Oliphant as a uh, Cobb Vamp. Um, I don't know. I'm not sure if that's a bounty or not. Timothy Oliphant, um, Justified, of Justified fame. And he was a gunslinger on Justified. And he was in Deadwood as well. So, fits in with this. So, there's a a lot of rumored and confirmed people coming to Mandalorian season two. Mm-hmm. So my question to you, Arturius Maximus is, is it too much? Are we about to see, cause we both enjoyed Mandalorian season one. Um, yeah. by all intents, by everything we've seen, most people enjoy season one of Mandalorian. It was a success. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, you know, the first live action, Star Wars television show, um, not counting yeah. the the the, uh, the Christmas special, the holiday special. So, is it? It feels a little risky to to announce all these people showing up, and it's it kind of has stoked a little bit of fear in me. And I want to see how you feel about it. Are you worried at all that 
all these characters, Boba Fett and Ahsoka Tano, um, in, 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 uh, specifically, may end up overshadowing um, Jin, Din Jarden and the Mandalorian and what we saw, the story we saw set up in season one. Uh, overshadowing. I didn't expect you to use that word. Mm. Um, well, you, yeah, use your word. I, How do you I mean, feel about it? Well, I I do think it's a, I do think there's a chance for that. I, mm. I mean, it does feel you know pretty top heavy and borderline gratuitous, um, specifically with uh, specifically with uh, Demora Morrison, whom whom you know I like. Um, mm. I actually liked his role as Aquaman's dad. I liked him as as, as Jenko Fett mm-hmm. in the prequels. Um, I don't think Boba Fett is necessary. Boba Fett should have been dead. <laughs> Long time ago. <laughs> On the face of it, I don't see the need to have Boba Fett. It seems gratuitous. Uh, Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka, we've talked about this before. Uh, it seems uh, mildly gratuitous, um, although I am more um, confident uh, because uh, it's one plausible that uh, Ahsoka would be in the storyline somewhere, mm-hmm. uh, particularly with her alliance with Bo-Katan. But I'm not afraid of these being, you know, seasoned, you know, actors coming into to fulfill these roles. We had Nick Nolte in season one. We have Carl Weathers uh, in season one. Um, and on paper, they seemed odd choices for a Star Wars movie to me. Mm-hmm. You know Good what I mean? Point. So um, I'm I'm more than willing to see what uh, John Favreau has planned, has done for season two, because because presumably all this stuff has been shot. They're just letting us know who's going to be in season two. Like it's a done deal. This happened, right? Because you know? they shoot He's, they shoot on the closed set. Yeah, yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. So um, I am um, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic, as Obi Wan would say. Mm-hmm. So before we, before I get in my thoughts on it, let me ask you: Have you been watching the the Disney Plus gallery um, behind the scenes? A li- on- yeah, a, a, um, a little bit. I've never been a special features guy. Mm, that's um, interesting. I thought you. I, I would think with your your. You know, in some ways, yes. Involved. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, that doesn't that does intrigue me. Um, I kind of like to just let the art play out as it is. Mm. Well, you. You will, because I I think the so what this is in case anyone doesn't know Disney on Disney Plus they're doing a what they're calling the gallery and it's basically behind the scenes and so the first season is a behind the scenes on the Mandalorian's first season, mm-hmm. um so I think so far as of this recording they've aired four episodes, uh the first one was you know a focus on the directors so the I think it was five you know main directors the Mandalorian Rick Fumayawa um Bryce Dallas Howard. Uh, Tick Taika Waititi, Dave Filoni, and is that it? Am I missing somebody? No, no, no. Um, I think that's because um, I know. Okay, so Dave Filoni oh, no, did two. Rick Famuyiwa did two. Bryce Dallas Howard did one. Um, two, four, five, six. So yeah, and then uh, 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 Taika Waititi did one. Um, so Deborah yes. Chow. Deborah Chow. I'm sorry. How did I forget Deborah Chow? She did the best episodes. Yeah. <laughs> she did the two best episodes. That's why I was episodes. like, wait, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> right. I couldn't actually, remember you know her first name. Actually, you know, my favorite episode is chapter two. Rick Fumiyawa's uh, chapter two. I think it's called The Child. And that, that episode, like I've, I've said before on the show, is like, almost like a, a visual prose poem to me. Um, mm. But then Deborah Chow's um, two episodes, she did episode three and I believe episode six um, or episode seven. 
and yeah, episode seven. And she's and she's at shortly thereafter, they announced that she's going to be, you know, the, the director for the Obi-Wan series, the entire series. And after you saw what she did on The Mandalorian, it was like, hell yeah. So mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I would say her and Rick are my favorite. Even Taika's episode was great, but I would say her and Rick, um, Deborah Chow and Rick are my, are my favorite directors from that first season. So, again, anyway, that was a tangent the gallery is basically a behind the scenes on that. So the first episode was focused on the directors. Second episode focused on, I want to say the legacy, which was kind of, it felt like a Disney commercial or Lucasfilm commercial. Almost. Mm-hmm. It was not very informative as to what went on with, you know, the Mandalorian. I really, it was, it was odd. And I, I think that was, um, that kind of threw me off a little bit, but then the cast was a third episode. That was kind of good. Focused on obviously, um, uh, Gina Carano, Carl Weathers, um, uh, Pedro Pascal, um, and you know it, it got into their thinking about the characters and um, how everything rolled out. Really didn't get into the you know how did this, how did certain things come about that you really want to see behind the scenes. Um, but that was mm-hmm. okay. So then the fourth episode though was technology, and that's that's the episode I think Arthur you are going to really love because it shows how they the innovation of what they did for it's not green screen, you know, and they're not on location. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. It's a room that they call volume. It's this room that's called the volume. And it's basically these LED, you know, um, a room full of LED that basically can become any environment that they want. And Favreau walks you through it and says, you know, okay, I learned this on uh, Jungle Book. I learned this on Lion King. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And then we took all these things together and started asking questions and looking at what other people were doing, started using VR, started using uh, video game technology. And it was, it, it, you know, I text you afterwards. I told you, I was like, yo, I, I understood about 30% of it. Um, but you, I know, will understand 100% of it. And it's, it was really interesting. So I highly recommend that. Now, Going back from that to this um, season two of Mandalorian, what I've seen in Disney Gallery has kind of informed, you know, my thinking on what may happen in, in Mandalorian season two and kind of the direction they're headed. I have to say, like you, I've, I've never been a fan of bringing back characters like Boba Fett, who, you know, were killed in a really mm-hmm. horrific way and should be dead. But I also have to admit that Darth Maul, you know, Darth Maul was cut in half when he they brought him back on Clone Wars. I was like, Ugh. You know, this dude was cut in half. How you not die from that? You know what I'm saying? It's like, why is he back? Then he ends up being one of my, you know, favorite, you know, Star Wars characters of all time, basically through Clone Wars and through Rebels. Yeah. So I have to I have to put that asterisk next to it. But I do agree with you that some of this feels a little bit gratuitous and I'm I'm a little bit nervous. Boba Fett to me is just not if I line him up with Mandalorian, with Din Jarden, what we've seen in Mandalorian season one. I'm much more interested in, in the Mando, you know, he's, yeah. he, he far outshines Boba Fett in my opinion. Um, but fans have been, you know, wanting Boba Fett to come back because he looked cool in empire strikes back. Right. Um, and I'm just like, I don't, I feel that that's, that may be a mistake that, um, mm-hmm. that Lucasfilm is making by bringing this character back, you know, just, I feel like they should let him die. And then, you know, so Tano, like I said, a couple of episodes ago on this show, I, I'm I'm perfectly fine and you know I love Rosario Dawson I you know I'm not to me Ahsoka Tano is an animated character you know yeah, I, I yeah, want her to stay yeah. in that world I really do not yeah. want to see a live action Ah- Ahsoka that said I have a tremendous amount of trust not just in Rosario but also in Jon Favreau yeah 
his writing was his writing was excellent in season one especially mm-hmm. the you know episodes one through three and seven and eight um excellent so i have to have a lot i, I mean i i kind of have faith in him to say that okay even though this is not what i want i'm still very much intrigued um to see boba fett what kind of story he's going to give boba fett what kind of story mm-hmm. he, he mm-hmm. and dave filoni are going to give ahsoka tana what dave filoni did with ahsoka and the clone wars season that just ended was you know epic in my opinion yeah yeah. Um, so I'm interested in seeing what he, what Favreau and Dave Filoni are going to do with Ahsoka in Mando, and then with um, these other characters, you know, Bo Katan. These are, I feel like they mm-hmm. may just be dropping in for like you know half an episode or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really, really hope that this great story that we saw in season one with the Mando and the child, um, in particular, I really don't want to see that that storyline get pushed to the side at all. Mm-hmm. At all. So that's now, why I'm we know that. It. Yeah, I mean, we know that season two would continue for what we know is that um, Mando has an assignment to reunite the child with his people. He's got to find his people, you know. So, and we also know that in season one, there was a good deal of flashback that was happening. Um, as we got to know or at least be introduced to Dinjarin was, is. So it could be that Boba Fett appears in a flashback of some sort or is used to, you know, create some kind of context that mm-hmm. tells more of, of Mando's story leading up to, you know, where he is now. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that I hope, because to me, the power of Boba Fett was, it was and is his scarcity. Right. That's, yeah. Exactly. That's, that's his power. Yeah. Because you never got to find out whether he was whack or not until in Jedi when he falls into the pit. It was like, ooh, that was, that was. Yeah. Really, what the hell? <laughs> right. Was, that was really I'm, a whack way to die. <laughs> Jabba got a better death than that. You know, it was like it was really. It was almost like he just lost. He he just he looked really goofy in that that scene. And to your point, when he was scarce and he was kind of mysterious, mm-hmm. um, he was an enigma. And it was like, yeah. yeah, who's, you know, that's his cool got built around that. And he had that cool armor. Um, right. We didn't, know, we didn't know about Mandalorians and stuff. We just saw this right. dude in this cool armor. So, I mean, yeah. this was this was the guy that Vader, you know, sent off. Didn't didn't micromanage. Right. Vader, <laughs> right. Vader micromanaging every damn body. Right. He 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 choking out generals, all kind of <laughs> shit. But, but he you was know, a bit of a micromanager. You're right. Now, in retrospect. Yeah. Darth Vader was a micromanager. Yeah. That's that happened when he joined the duck because he wasn't like that as Anakin. But then he right. joins the dark right. side. He's a micromanager. So that's another right. part of being in the dark side. Right. And Boba, he's not he's not tripping off Vader. You know, mm-hmm. they you know, they on they're in Cloud City, you know, uh Solo's about to be in ice and hey, hey, look, he's no use to me dead. <laughs> he damn near. You know, Bay's like, you know, yeah. he he gonna be fine. Well, I'm just letting you know. <laughs> right. Right. He wasn't he wasn't tripping on your I'm not tripping on your fame. I heard about you, you know. I was like, yeah, I'm about my money. So yeah, there right. was there was that sense of mystique around him that led that kind of informed who he was. And I'm I'm with you. I don't want to see that disturbed. And I think yeah. maybe maybe that's what they'll do here. Maybe he'll because there's rumors that he was the one in episode six of Mandalorian season one, I believe it was episode six, shows up at the end, um, and walks up on I forget the actress's name, um, her her character. She got she, you know, she's an agent of Shields. She's been in a lot of movies. You've seen her, and she's actually 
her name was thrown around a lot um, before the season started and you saw her in trailers. So it's like, oh mm-hmm. man, you know, you got excited. And then she died like within, um, you know, spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't seen The Mandalorian, you shouldn't be listening to the show. But anyway, um, she died, you know, very quickly. And so at the end of that episode, somebody walks up on her, you know, presumably her dead body, maybe she's not dead, but somebody walks up on her and all you hear is those spurs, you know, like on yeah. the boots. Um, you know, another Western trope. There were a lot of Western tropes in Mandalorian, but mm-hmm. that was another one. And it was kind of like, is that, you know, the room where rumors like, hold up, is that Boba Fett? You know, and mm-hmm. we never, nope, there was no mention of it for the rest of the season. So there is that kind of feeling like maybe that was him. Um, and you no, know, it wasn't my, I don't think it was Moff Gideon. You know, it, it may, it, it, people were like, was it Boba Fett? Was it Luke? You know, but I think it may have been Boba Fett. And so they, maybe they're going to sprinkle him in season mm-hmm. two in that mm-hmm. regard but for me he's just not he's you know he, and he's not mandalorian you know maybe that'll be the the beef between him and mando maybe mando will be like you you're not part of the creed you didn't take you know you're not you're not this ain't the way for you you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. you you mm-hmm. just got on stolen armor um or armor that your father gave you or whatever so there's some i think there's some interesting things that could directions they could go in um yeah. but with all these characters I'm like, okay, I just want to make sure that we're going to get a lot of the Mando story. And to your point about the flashbacks, when we saw his past and everything that went he went through, there's still a lot of questions there. You know what right. I'm saying? And I, I want to get some more of those answers and develop new questions, you know? Um, so I, I really hope that that doesn't, this next season doesn't feel like, you know, like kind of like an all-star show of you no know, Star Wars characters. Yep. Well, we're going to see. Um, we're going to see. That's a full lid on episode 18 of Mad Unreal. We are going to be taking a short break in uh, releasing episodes. We will be back in July of this year. Right. Be specific. <laughs> right. Be specific. Only in your podcast feed. <laughs> right. So, um, yeah, we're going to take a short, 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 short break and um, be back in July. Uh, and by then, I think, you know, listen, we got... We got a um, show. We got a couple of shows planned, a couple of interesting shows planned. We're definitely going to go back and um, do chapter two of the uh, what if Batman, what if the Batman was a black man series. Um, so I think there's four chapters that we've done one. Mm-hmm, so if you mm-hmm. if you didn't listen to the first one, go back. Um, I think it was maybe two, three episodes ago. We did chapter one or part one, I should say, of um, our exploration of the idea of, you know, what if the Batman was a black man? And part one really looked at the Wayne family. Um, and the Wayne family fortune and what, you know, what changes, what doesn't change about that if that were an African-American family as opposed to a European-American family. So, um, yeah, go back and check that out. We'll be coming back with part two of that in July and a couple other shows we got planned for you. And then hopefully um, we'll have news around, you know, some things, interesting things that happen in June and interesting things that will hopefully happen in July with Tenet and other films um, if they drop in july or if they move um so yeah it's, it's going to be an interesting summer and i think we got a lot of interesting things planned but taking a quick break so this is a good time for you guys to go back and listen to the back catalog of mad unreal and we'll be talking to you uh via twitter um hashtag mad unreal uh you can reach isaac and myself uh, my twitter handle is a double r t h u double r and i'm at at isaac perry on both twitter and instagram All right, everybody, that's it. Stay safe. See you soon. Keep it unreal. Peace.